Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy. I got the great Caroline with me tonight. Caroline, how's it going? Hi, how are you, Sir Sturdy? Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. I'm glad we finally got to do this. We had to reschedule a couple of times, but we're here now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. We rescheduled, like, I think four times. (laughs) Yeah, it happens, though. (laughs) But I am happy That's to okay. have you on. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy we're able to do this. Me too. And we were just discussing some awesome things. And you're involved in a lot of a whole lot of things coming up now. I would love to know more about that. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. First things first. Um, most recently, I, um, I'm a producer and an actor on um, The Butcher. And uh, that's uh, the first and only horror flick that I've been part of. Um, I play a uh, French tourist uh, who gets slain by our uh, by our villainous Mr. Um, Mr. Butcher, and that's played by uh, Michael Mustastus, um, also known as Moose, and uh, he's the filmmaker. And um, he's a great guy, really fun to work with, and um, very professional. So we had a great time. The makeup was fantastic in that film. Our makeup artist, uh, Marisol um, Almeida, she's fantastic. Very, mm-hmm. very good. So um, I was very happy to be part of it. It was, it was funny because um, I, was, I was thinking in my head, I was like, wow, we're making a horror film, but I feel like I'm a strawberry sundae. Because the blood was strawberry. I had corn syrup all over me. I'm like, are you going to throw sprinkles on me next? I feel like a damn banana split. That's awesome. It looks really, it looks gory on film. But when you're filming it, I'm like, like, I literally feel like dessert right now. (laughs) Now, how hard was it not to like wipe or rub the blood off yourself at all? You know? throughout shots um 
You know, actually, that wasn't too bad because um, I had the prosthetic uh, uh, split lip, and that wasn't too bad to have. And I really, I really didn't have blood on me until the very last part um, okay. when I get my throat cut. So yeah, so I was kind of like beat up a little bit, but you really didn't see much. I had a little bit of discoloration on my cheek, and I had the busted lip. And then um, I'm basically struggling in a chair. And then, um, and then when my scene comes back to me, because there's a little bit of an interruption, mm-hmm. it goes back to me, and then um, I get killed. And we had to do that a couple times, and thank God I was wearing a black dress, <laughs> because I would have had to have 15 of the same dress. Ooh. Because every time we did a take, uh, no, we didn't like that angle, or the lighting was off, or you know what, did, uh, did you see my hand in the reflection, or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so <laughs> there was always something to fix. So I was like, oh, my God. And then plus, it was getting kind of cold at night because we filmed this, like, oh God, I think it was two two months ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it was still kind of a little bit cold, chilly at night. And I live in the desert, so anything below 80 is freezing to me. So... <laughs> So I ended up like I was shivering and I had this prosthetic thing on me that had a hose full of blood going through. So whenever he cut me, it was like I got drenched in cold blood all over again. And then we'd have to do another take, clean me up again, do the whole thing over again. And I think we did that something like eight or nine times. Oh, damn. Like we did that. We did that a lot. And I think I was out there in the cold, shivering with strawberry blood on me for like an hour and a half. <laughs> well, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. The things we do for film, right? And see, me as a fan of these type of films, it was... I love hearing that kind of stuff because I just, I love knowing like, you know, some yeah. blue, you know, you get a Blu-ray and they'll show like some of the behind the scenes stuff. I love seeing that. And I've yeah. said this before on the podcast, like I love seeing how, Special. I love special effects. I love practical effects. I love seeing how when they actually show you how they do it. And I'm just throwing this out here. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it, but say they make like a head that they're gonna chop in half or explode. They'll spend hours creating this head. Yeah. Say 20 hours creating this head, just to blow it up in five minutes. I'm like, that's amazing to me. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it goes with a lot of crafts that are um, in the creative field. I mean, even if you look at um, chefs, they spend I don't know. How many hours making, you know, a beautiful meal and it's gone in an hour? That's true. That's very true. (laughs) I mean, when I look at Thanksgiving, we slave all day in the kitchen. The family's going at it. Everyone's got their own dish that they're doing. And it's like gone in five seconds flat. So true. (laughs) I'm like, what? Can can we just do hot dogs and hamburgers next time? Really? I I see you guys every day. I really don't care. (laughs) Hot dogs and hamburgers. (laughs) But yeah, it's true though. But I'm totally cool with that. I just, I, I just respect the craft so much because I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know 100 percent what goes into. It. I only know what I see. And me, yeah, I'm an '80s baby, so I grew up on the '80s horror and all that with their practical effects and just up till you know how it is up till now. I'm just like, this is just, this is so cool. Like some people, some people don't really care about the, right. they don't care about that. They just want to see the crazy movie. I'm like, I want to know how this stuff was made. I don't know how this stuff was done, how long it took. It's mm-hmm. it gives me a different kind of respect or perspective of it. 
Yeah, I think um, I think for a lot of people, I mean, at least like, well, I can speak for myself. I don't know about a lot of, of people, but for myself, the first time I saw some uh, BTS shots of a horror film was what sparked the interest of how it's done. Because up to that point, I had never been like a really horror aficionado. Like mm -hmm. I like them, I'll watch them. But I wasn't super interested to the point of finding out everything about them. Okay. Like, I just, that wasn't me. And um, there's a few that I really like. And then I, I don't remember which one it was even. It was, it was something like, might have been Friday the 13th or maybe it was Hostel or something. And I remember um, some of the horror scenes and some of the killings the and 13th. how they were done. And then, yes, and then I started to, I started to get an interest in it because it was like, you know, it's like having a thirst for knowledge. It's like, you don't know until you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, there's, that's how you do it. And then it sparks a little bit of an interest in knowledge that you had up to that point, never been acquainted with or never had been exposed to. So it's like, oh, there's a whole new world here. Like, completely unexplored by me so i started to kind of dabble in it and i've met some special effects artists along the way and um there's a lot of cool things you can do i mean i've learned you know how to make intestines i've learned awesome. how to <laughs> i've learned how to make it look like they spill out of you i've learned how to make a heart look like it's beating I, <laughs> all this stuff and i'm like i just i guess i never put much thought into it until i started to see it as an art yeah because there's people that really see it as an art and they go to school for it and they make their living making these gory movies and i don't think they're really given enough credibility i mean you know unless you are into horror movies and you naturally are attracted to some of that information it's not something that's normally really widespread. I mean, mm. I don't see Academy Awards for these things. Which, I wish there would be. I wish there were some some kind of a, a Grammy Awards or something for special effects in horror films. But it seems to be a genre aside from just filmmaking. It's like there's filmmaking, there's drama, comedy, romantic comedies, action, sci-fi, all these different genres. Mm -hmm. And then you have horror over here somewhere. I, I agree <laughs> with that. I I actually would probably watch award shows if they had a, a horror award show. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I would love it. And I think it would educate a lot of people. And I think it would open up a lot of professions because I think a lot of people don't see it as a profession. They think of it like a side job or, yeah, I, I did this gig the other day. You know, I mm -hmm. made someone, you know, die or whatever. But I, I think people don't see it as much of a potential as it could have. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, people that do these movies regularly and that are on big productions, they make really great money and they make some cool shows, but it's like, it's, it's not a Marvel. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not your, you know, 20th century Fox. It's, you know, it's some who knows random, you know, weird distributor that never, never, no one's ever heard of out of Germany or something. <laughs> so, and those are the, like the horror is the ones that just, I gravitate to. I've been like that since I was a kid. And then now with the whole social media thing and these horror groups, you connect with so many people. Yeah. And the horror community, mm -hmm. it's crazy to say if you're not in it, friendliest people in the world. It's yeah, they beautiful. Are. They're very accepting. Yes. Yeah. They're very accepting of everybody. I mean, you can pretty much talk to these people about everything and anything, and you'll feel less judgment than from a lot of other groups. Which is... It's just the way it is. I, I think... 
I don't know what it is exactly. Um, maybe they're just not as stuck up. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's like the, it's like horror is becoming a lot more popular now. But before, like for years, it was like up and down, up and down, up and down. But it's really becoming real popular now, which is good. To me, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's great because it's going to generate more revenue to horror and all that. But the bad thing is you're going to get a lot of watered down stuff after a while, which I don't want to see like you do with every other genre. But another great thing about mm -hmm. horror is you have so many indie films. You have so much indie stuff that's just amazing. Yeah. And you don't get that with everything. And yeah. And honestly, well, you don't get it with everything because the big production houses are busy making remakes. True. True. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They are selling titles and content that's existed for years and basically just reselling something that they know has a built-in audience. That's true. And they There's get me no with risk the, involved. They get me it's, with it all the time with the, with the horror remakes because I love horror in general. I'll, I'll watch anything. If I like the movie, I like it. If yeah. I don't, I don't. But yeah, it does have a whole lot of remakes. Or same ideas, which yeah. it bothers me and it doesn't at times because, again, I'm a sucker for horror. So it's like whatever comes out, I feel like I have to see. Well, it depends if it's well told. If a story is well told, I don't care how many times I hear That's it. True. I'll love it. That's true. <laughs> but if it's a good story but it's not well told, I mean, I don't know. Do you ever like do you have like a friend or something that you could have the best experience with? But when you hear them retell it to somebody who wasn't there, you're like, dude, like, that was so boring when I heard you say it. Yes. You my, know? As a like, the fact, idea could be really cool. But my brother, Henry, <laughs> anytime, he'll, he'll have some great stories where he just, he's not very good at explaining at all. Love him to death, but I'm the same yeah. way. With it. It's just, it's one of those things where you have to, I guess you have to be there to experience certain things. And I guess that's how horror is. It's like you have to be there, actually see it and get it and feel it. Well, that's the difference between a storyteller and somebody who's not. Like a filmmaker is a storyteller. Mm -hmm. They see the big picture. They know how to make the audience emote. They know what they want to draw from the audience. They know what they want the film to portray. And they have a lot of that in mind before the first scene is shot. Mm -hmm. They know what the feel is going to be and what the tone of the movie is going to be. And if you're a, not a storyteller, um, oftentimes you get convoluted in, in the storytelling itself or else you leave out so many details that it's not interesting to listen to. Because yeah. <laughs> there are just some people like that. I'm a storyteller. I'm somebody who tends to embellish. I'm, I, I tend to really, I go overboard with some of the some dramatizations and that kind of thing. And I can minimize parts that I don't want to, you would pay attention to, <laughs> which is filmmaking. Hey, filmmaking 101. <laughs> it's creative. It's, that's, that's my nature though. And I'll, I'll gladly tell anybody who wants to ask me, it's like, you know, I, I know how to make it interesting to listen to, to me say something or do something. Um, same thing if I write a story. I was always told I was really good at writing creative stories in school. And, you know, I made up so much of what I wrote. <laughs> I don't know if the teachers ever caught on, but half of what I wrote was BS. Hey. <laughs> but they liked my stories. That They were just like, oh, my God, you should go into writing. You should do this. You should do that. You need to do something with this. And I was always kind of like, I don't want to write. 
And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I like to talk to people. I like public speaking. I like hosting. And then I got into film three years ago and, you know, I was like, I could do this. This is something I feel my heart can do. That's cool. You know, but it's not the kind of jobs you can just apply to and wait for submission application granted. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that kind of job. You've got to hustle and talk to every single person and you're going to get rejected and you're going to get betrayed and you're going to get lied and cheated to. And you still have to persevere and you still have to believe in it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know what? I think perseverance will pay off and determination pays off. But there's also a lot of luck involved. Oh yeah. Because I know a lot of I know a lot of determined people and they haven't gotten they anywhere. That, they don't have that <laughs> luck. Yep. Yeah. It's a hard industry, you know, it's really hard and it's saturated with people who want to be in it, you know? So, you know, you just have to you have to do the grind like everybody else and you have to you really have to pull ahead in some way or another. You have to get yourself noticed aside and apart from everybody in some way. So, you have to know your strengths. I think it's best in film if you know yourself first mm-hmm. and then go for it rather than try to find yourself in the midst of it. That makes sense. Because that, that mean, that's my experience. I mean, I knew who I was. I was already an adult when I got into film. I was my first role. I was, what, 38? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was almost 40, you know, but, and that's old by an actor's standard. You know, it's like, uh, whoa, you've you've never acted before until you got this lead role in this Western. And that was literally three years ago. But because I knew myself as a person and I knew what I was capable of and and who I was, I was like, I knew it in my heart that I could do this. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I got this. This is not scary to me. It's not. Some people are scared shitless of Hollywood. I wasn't. That's good. I was like, nah, I got this. I'm cool. (laughs) So what is that? So what kind of got you into acting? Just well, I was standing at Starbucks one day after hiking, and I was approached by a filmmaker who said he was doing um, a cowboy film, a western, and um, I told him off. I said, um, "This is not Hollywood. This is the Coachella Valley, and you are pitching." for a lead role in a Western at Starbucks. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I mean, there are actors who act for a living, mm-hmm. I told them. <laughs> I was like, this is what they do. There's even these cool things called sites you can go to, and you pick one. <laughs> you don't go to Starbucks wow. and find one standing in line. And... I was being super sarcastic, and I was just kind of like, I don't get what you're doing, dude. And um, and then I turned around, and he's got auditions outside, and there's this girl reading off a sheet, and you could tell she's trying for the role. And I'm like, you've got somebody outside right now. What are you doing talking to me? Like, I don't, I don't, what, what do you want with me? And uh, I, was, I was such in a bad mood that day. And so my friend and I went to the side, we had our coffee, and he came back around and talked to me, and he said, here's my business card, you know, call me, really, call me. I said, okay. He left, uh, or rather, I left, he went back to what he was doing with the auditions, and um, I uh, yelped him and Googled him and looked at everything, I, um, I, I looked him up in every which way I could, I didn't see any weird smut films, so I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try and see what this is about. 
so I called him and uh, we talked for a few minutes and um, he's like, you know what, can you, come, can you come back to Starbucks and read for me? Just one page. I just want you to read for me and then uh, we'll go from there. If it's, if it's not a good fit, then don't worry about it. I said, okay. So I went back and, uh, and then I read and he said, can you ride a horse without falling off? And I said, yes, as long as I'm not galloping or doing stunts, I can ride a horse. And uh, he's like, okay, well, you got the lead role in my film. Wow. And that was the beginning of that. And then, um, and then when I, when I saw how the film was done, the shooting process, how everything was done, I was like, I could so easily do this so easily. This is a piece of cake. The hard part is finding investors. The hard part is getting the damn thing funded, but an idea, a dialogue, actors, all that stuff. The rest mm -hmm. is easy to piece together. It's, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but it's, um, it's convoluted when you come to the accounting process. It's, it, it becomes a headache for anybody because of the percentages and who gets what and blah, blah, blah. And it's a whole different language, but that's how I got into acting. And then I made my short film real smile and real smiles on YouTube. So anybody can look for that. Um, you can just search uh, Real Smile Caroline in YouTube and you'll find it. And uh, that got me um, a screening at the Idlewild Film Festival. And also I got a special mention award at the Run Reeler uh, Film Competition in L.A. that summer. So that was 2017, I believe. That's cool. Um, yeah, so I funded it myself and I, and I, uh, draw, I drew up the contracts for everybody Um and that kind of gave me a taste for it because honestly, when I left the Western and after that whole thing finished, it didn't distribute and, and um, it didn't get sold. So it didn't go anywhere. We never saw anything come of it. I think they're still trying to get distribution, but you know, it's been three years now and mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything. So, um, so, you know, that happens with a lot of films. And uh, so that's, that was a learning experience for them. But for me, I was like, Okay, I was able to learn from that what went wrong, and I and I was wondering, you know, I, I asked myself a lot of questions like why they didn't have a lot of things set up as part of the budget. Like, you make a film, you exhaust your resources, and then you have what? You can't market it, you can't distribute it, you can't do anything with it unless somebody happens to love it and can do all of that for you. You haven't reserved any of the of the of the finances for it, and honestly. You know that should at least be thirty or forty percent of your in of your entire funding. I mean, it's it's a big deal. P and A and distribution is a very big deal because if no one sees your film, you make no profit. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't pay back your investors, and you're going to have a hell of a time trying to find more investors for your yeah. next one. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So. So anyways, um, so that was my experience with that. And then I started getting into more roles and I went to a few premieres in LA and I went to a few events and um, I just started to really connect with people and film all over Facebook, social media, Twitter, Instagram, just talk to people randomly. And, um, you know, I joined some Facebook groups uh, of um, indie filmmakers or actors and I would just start conversations. I became friends with a lot of people and um, over time, people remember you. 
You know, yep. it's like when you had a great conversation a month ago or even six months ago, or they have something happening. I can't tell you how many times I've either reached out to somebody that I remembered from a conversation or they remembered me and, you know, seven, eight, nine months down the line. Hey, I'm doing something. I thought of you. Do you want to be, do you want to be in it? Mm-hmm. You know, cause you're always going to go, you're always going to invite somebody that you know, or that you had a good experience with over a face of someone you don't know. You That's know, true. if someone posts an Instagram picture or just a headshot, you have no idea who that person is. They could fit the role physically, but Hey, I had this great conversation with this chick or this guy last month and you know what? Fuck it. He's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And that's the person who's going to get the role, See, you know? That I like that. I like that. Starbucks. Yeah. So that's what started yeah. it. Oh, that's cool. Guys. <laughs> that's yeah. cool, though. Yeah. Starbucks started me on this. So I didn't have anything. I didn't have headshots. I didn't have any experience. But I, I've always been a communicator, and I've never been shy in front of people. I've always been entirely comfortable in, t- in front of a camera just I, that's who I, I was always I was always very precocious as a child um if I needed something at a restaurant I remember my brother would hide behind me and I would go behind the counter and get it <laughs> I, I would literally just walk up to anybody and just be like I need this I want to go here I want to do this mm-hmm. and people would just look at this little kid running around just telling people what to do <laughs> and that was me no it's good though now, yeah. All right, I got this. This one, I know you said you're not. Well, I guess you like horror, but you weren't real big on it, right? Uh huh. Okay, so what's the first horror movie you remember seeing that scared you? If any. That scared me. I hated. I hated. 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 Paranormal Activity. Oh. I don't like demonic stuff. I don't mind gore. I don't mind horror. People getting slashed, people getting killed, blood, blood, blood. I don't care. None of that stuff scares me. Mm-hmm. But I don't like, I don't like ghosts, exorcisms, <laughs> weird demons, uh, freaking house camera doing this for two hours. That must have been the cheapest freaking movie to make. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing going on in this scene for five minutes. Let's just shoot that and put that in the movie and freaking raise 20,000 for it. What? <laughs> it's the easiest thing to do in the world. I'm sure there should knock off somewhere if people doing that. Just say hey, it's a house camera. This is our movie. <laughs> so and but it was scary because in the parts that you did see um, something happen or something float or footsteps or you saw a shadow crossing a threshold of a door or something, mm-hmm. I was like, it would freak me the hell out. I, I hated it because as much as I can criticize it, it did its job. Yeah, it I mean, did. it scared the living hell out of me. But I kept looking at it and I was like, I cannot believe they pulled this off. Like, look at this thing. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> And they yeah, made... they did. And then also, I don't like Blair Witch. I've um, never seen that. And I like I like movies. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I like um I like Hostel. I like um Saw. Okay. Um. Yeah, I like um Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, the older ones. Do you remember a movie called Ghoulies? I didn't. I don't think I watched that. If I did, I watched it maybe when I was little, but I don't remember the movie. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really old movie, and I think one of the covers or one of the movie posters is the little bald green guy with teeth coming out of the toilet. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. When I was a kid, that scared me. Like, and when I watched it as an adult, it was kind of like a weird Jim Henson thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's funny. But, but when I was a kid, it freaked me out. Because your imagination runs wild. Like, with me... I liked, I was into horror since I was about, I want to say five or six. My older cousins and my older mm -hmm. brother, if you have older siblings, older cousins, you always want to do what the older persons, what the other people are doing, the other kids are doing. So I'd follow them around. And oh. they were they were into horror. So I'd watch horror with them. And I remember watching Creep Show Part Two, The Hitchhiker. That scared the I crap out of me. I remember that. That scared me so bad. As it, like, I was yeah. so scared as a kid that I had to ask them to walk me to the bathroom, wait outside the bathroom for me to go to the bathroom, come back out. But the funny thing was, like, I went right back and watched that movie, like finished those movies, and I would just keep – and now <laughs> I can't stop watching them. Yeah. I have a little bit of the same thing because I can't stop watching them. Like, I'm not heavily into horror – but I like it enough that unless it's absolutely terrible, I will watch it to the end. See, and like, I, you know, if there are some out there that I've stopped, but. I will. I I will watch a horrible movie till the. I mean, I think a big reason now is because of the podcast because I do the reviews and all that. But even before then, I will, yeah. I'll watch a horrible a horrible horror movie if I like it or not, and just finish it just because I'm like, okay, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better, and sometimes they end and they just. They keep getting worse, or they just stay at, like, that same level. They don't get better, but I'm like, I, ha I have to know. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the same draw, <laughs> drive for that. I mean, I, I do that with books sometimes. Because okay. I, I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy books, and sometimes the story gets a little bit bland, mm -hmm. but usually the author picks up somewhere along the way. So I just keep going. Yep. I just keep going, and then... Sometimes I'll skip a page or two to skip the boring parts. If I see, like, oh, okay, obviously he's going to describe this blade of grass for the next five pages. I'm going to go forward. I don't this. <laughs> no, that, it makes sense, though. I get it. I get it. Now, would you yeah. do any other horror movies besides The Butcher? Or... I haven't been in any involved with anything. Um, I was cast for one, but then I dropped out before I, I could ever finish it. Okay. So um, I've been approached by a couple, um, but nothing ever came of the projects. You know, like it was one of those things where like, hey, we're going to cast you if we get this thing off the ground. Okay. But then nothing ever came of it. So, you know, it was kind of like, all right, cool. So um, there's a few other things. Um, I wanted to do a, uh, a horror short film, but one of my own. And I have a couple of different scripts, or not scripts, but manuscripts that I've started. Um, I'm not a script writer, so I don't pretend to have that skill. I would rather have somebody else make a dialogue of it. Mm -hmm. And I have the story, but I need somebody else to help write it. Because formatting and putting a story into dialogue is much different than just writing a story idea. Yep. It's it's a it's a it's a skill that I don't pretend to have. I, I, script writing is very different than just writing a story. Like I've got stories, I've got stories of all types of things, but to make it interesting in dialogue between characters and giving those characters their backgrounds and their individual personalities, 
that takes that takes a lot of development, and you're not you're not gonna just gonna throw it down in two nights, you know. Oh yeah, I I agree. That makes a million. You know, that's, that's that makes a lot of sense. What I'm trying to say, but I'm sure yeah. you can find people that can yeah. help you with that, or you will. So anybody out there that's listening to this yeah. episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a, I have a few different ideas. If there's anybody interested, um, just, you know, message me on my page. And uh, I, I, I talked with everybody on Messenger. If there's any people on Messenger that are creepy or try to call me without first saying I'm going to call you, I block immediately. Yes. <laughs> because there are people that I don't know and that I'm not, that I'm not connected to. And they'll just want to start video chatting me. And I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so. Blocked? I don't even care who you are. <laughs> there you go. Well, that would be interesting to see you doing some short films, your own little horror shorts. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. And then, um, so I have a few other things I'm involved with. Um, Dagon is an animated film. And you could look up the Facebook page called Dagon Troll World Chronicles. And that's by Scoffer Studios, and um, they have a fantastic film that they're doing, and a sequel and prequel are um, are already in talks. Um, distribution, they have I think four offers on the table, Ooh. and uh, it's going to be an international theatrical release. That's we awesome. have some very big names. Um, we have uh, Brad McMurray, who was in San Andreas with The Rock um, a couple of years ago, and mm -hmm. he's in next year's King Kong versus Godzilla. So he plays in that. We have um, Emily O'Brien, who's uh, known for some TV voiceover and some anime voiceover. We have Bryce Pappenbrook, who is in, he's got like over 250 credits in anime. Um, uh, he's, he's got so many I, I can't pronounce half of the stuff he's in because it's all Japanese yep. <laughs> so I'm like okay I don't know um, we have Mark Silverman and he's uh, primarily Disney voiceover but he also did um, Howl's Moving Castle and a few other things but he was in Robots um, and he also was in Aragon so okay. the, he did some voiceover narration for that so he's he's done some a lot of stuff. Um, we have Jack O'Halloran in it, and he was one of the villains in Superman Two back in the day. Nice. And do you remember Superman Two with the three villains in black that came out of the sky and landed and had the same powers as Superman? V not really, very no. vaguely. Was it the real old Superman okay. with Christopher yeah. Reeves? Yeah. So I used to love yes. that watching that as a yes. kid. The real old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you look at Superman 2 and you look at the three figures in black, one of them is Jack O'Halloran. He's a buddy of mine. And um, so I got him involved with the film. So he has a role in it. And then, um, let's see. Uh, th 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 oh, yeah. And we just signed another actor who's an A-lister. And I cannot tell you who he is yet. No, she can't. <laughs> I, I even tried to get it from her before we started recording. And she's very professional yeah. with that. So she can't. Just can't say anything. Nope. That's... Can't tell you. So, but we will be revealing who it is in the next few days. So um, we're finalizing some legal paperwork and uh, contracts and all that. You know, lawyers are having their fun, their fun doing that. And as soon as everything's finalized, we will post about it. But that's a really, really big deal. And uh, we have some big plans for um, Dagon. We have some really big plans. And um, Scarfer Studios has tons of other content that can be turned into movies so 
you know, probably after this and we get um, sequel and prequel um, underway, we probably have tons more. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they really have content for the next century if you really wanted it. <laughs> they have so much stuff. Yeah, I see. If you go to the site, um, you can look at the website and uh, you can also look at the other stuff that they do. Um, they have um, Antropolis, they have Ice World and blah, blah, blah. It's all really cool stuff and really great artwork. So definitely look them up. And then, um, so Dagon Troll World Chronicles on the Facebook page. And then you can find the website on that page. Okay. And yeah. I play Black Dahlia. And the Black Dahlia has her own following. Do you know of Black Dahlia? I've heard of it. I don't know a lot about the Black Dahlia, though. I will be honest with that. It is, um, it's a famous murder that took place in the 1940s. Hollywood, and she was um, she was a she was a Hollywood actress. Um, you know, she had moved out to make it big in Hollywood, and uh, she got mixed up with the wrong crowd and was murdered. Mm. And it became one of the most famous uh, um, one of the most famous murders. Um, and they called her the Black Dahlia because um, it turns out that I think it was her favorite. It was her favorite flower, and I think the killer left one um, on her dead oh, body. Damn. And so she was known as the Black Dahlia. She was known as the Black Dahlia, and she actually has her own kind of goth following. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's actually kind of cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, like if you look her up, there's like tons and tons of stuff on her. There's books on her, documentaries on her, all sorts of stuff. I'm like, oh shit, I had no idea what I was getting into. I'm gonna have to um, check that out. So that's really really cool. And um, and then I've been approached just recently to do a Bollywood film, um, but that's still something they're they're talking about. the The funding is getting worked out right now, but um, they. Uh, they want to have me in a Bollywood film where I play um, a gangster chick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see where that goes. That's nothing. Nothing is uh, is concrete about that. Nothing is. You know, it's just being talked about. They said the finding the financing is is final, and uh, they wanted to get a, a a letter of interest from me. Um, but I told them I was like, you'll get a letter of interest from me when the finances are in your bank account. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so when I see that this is going forward and you actually have the receipt saying it's in your account, I will give you a letter of interest and we'll negotiate terms. But until then, we could be waiting for the next five years. Yeah. Now, voice acting versus, I don't even know what to call it, I guess regular acting. Do you like one better than the other? Yeah, uh, film, screen, 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 screen acting. acting. There you go. Um. Yeah, I um, this is my first time doing voiceover, and it's amazingly uncomplicated versus screen acting. Now, there's a skill to voice acting because um, it's inflection, and sometimes you don't have the character in front of you. So you've got to say your lines and say it a few different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll say each line six or seven times. And, um, and you say it each way a little bit differently so that hopefully uh, the producers can look at it and then they can match it to the image and, uh, and, and then they'll pick the best one. Um, sometimes you want a sharper tone. Sometimes it's a quieter tone. Sometimes you want to do a loud whisper. And then you have a lot of little sounds on the side that you don't realize people make when they're talking. A lot of hums and haws and they're swallowing and they're and they're you know sucking on their lip or they're doing these little things 
you don't notice are part of the sounds that you hear when you're mm -hmm. t when you're listening to someone talk. So it was the words, and then they came back at me and they said, "Okay, now we need you to sound like you're slurping a drink. Now we need you to sound like you're doing this." And I'm like, "How weird! I never even thought of that." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it was the strangest thing to record myself doing this. So I literally got a drink of water and I was slurping into the microphone. I was like, I don't know. Am I slurping this like a Slurpee or am I slurping it like a martini? What am I doing? Like, <laughs> give me a definition of what I'm doing <laughs> so that I know how to slurp correctly. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was really cool. It was a really cool experience. And, um, and then screen acting, that's a whole different thing. You know, it's not only, it's less emphasis on how you sound, more on your visual subtleties, you okay. know, because it's not like theater acting, it's screen acting. Screen acting is a lot more subtle. You don't have to project your voice. You've got your microphone hooked up to the back of you. You've got a microphone sitting right under your lapel, your collar or what have you, um, you know, and the, the smallest flutter of an eye, of an eyelash could um, could give all the meaning that you need in a scene. You know, sometimes going overboard doesn't work well on screen. You know, you just want a subtle little change of expression, or you just want to look, or you know, whatever the whatever the scene calls for. If you're looking guilty at somebody, or if you're looking innocent, or if you're looking flirtatiously, I mean, a look is hard to do on command. Yeah. It's like, okay, I need you to look like this just happened, and you need to look like you just saw this. Okay, do I look like this? <laughs> do I look like this? <laughs> and it sounds funny when you explain it, but that's really everything that's going through your head simultaneously, along with your lines, along with knowing where the camera is, along with what the producers are doing, along with background noises, along with the, where the boom is, along with reflections and where the camera is headed. If you're going to be going this way, you have... You have some tape on the floor sometimes that lets you know what your movements are going to be and where mm -hmm. you have to stop. I mean, you've got to pay attention to all these different things and act natural and look like you're not looking at any of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It sounds fun, but it sounds crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. And I think it takes a certain type of person to pull it off correctly and be successful. And it takes practice because a smart person, a creative person, a person with talent can do it, but without practice and without getting on set as often as possible, you're going to be rusty and mm -hmm. it's going to show. It's just the nature. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, the more you do something, the more comfortable you are doing it. And um, even somebody that has an innate born in talent is not going to look as natural as somebody who's been doing it every day for a year that, but that has no talent. You know, it's, it's, it's largely how much you do it and how much direction you're given from the director or from the producer or from the script. Sometimes the script tells you what to do and sometimes none of it's written and someone says, okay, these are your lines, but really what's happening in this context is this, 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 this. And you didn't have any of that information before practicing your lines. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it just depends on the production. It depends on... It depends on, on how big of a budget a production is, you know, because usually a bigger production will have everything so flippin' organized, you know, and some things still go wrong, but you'll see it's much smoother when everybody has their distinct jobs and everybody does their thing and nobody is wearing 15 hats. Mm -hmm. 
um, on smaller productions, you tend to be the actor, but once you're on set and it's no longer your scene, you're told to, ho to hold the broom, the boom. Oh, and next I want you to go and get waters and sandwiches for everybody. Oh, and can you go to my car and do this? And then, you know what, can you hold the camera for a second? Because I've got to go over here and do that. I mean, then next thing you know, it's like, hey, am I being credited for this or am I just an actor? <laughs> just an actor. <laughs> hey, can I be a producer? Can I be director? Can I be D DP? <laughs> Oh man! Just credit me with everything. On IMDb, I did everything. <laughs> That's. I mean, I guess with the smaller budgets and all that, you do get to learn a lot because you you have to wear so many hats. So that's a yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. But I that's what I like about it. Can be hectic. That's good though. That's good though. It's you know honestly, I think to really get the gist of film. I think it's necessary to do indie work and I think it's necessary to do it as much as possible. And I know there's a lot of hee hawing about not getting paid and copy credit and all this other stuff, but you know, this is a saturated industry and everybody wants it. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's, that's even associated with it wants to be involved in something. So if you're off at a role and, Oh, they're not paying me. You know, they're just going to give me coffee and probably a really bad sandwich from the gas station. But you know what? There's hundreds of people that will take it if you don't want it. Oh, definitely. Hundreds. Definitely. And so, it's... so take it. And you don't know what it will be. You don't know what will happen to it. And if anything, it's a learning experience. Exactly. And you get to know some cool people. And usually on set, you meet some really cool people. You meet other creatives. You meet what they're – you talk about what they're doing, what you're doing. Everybody starts to become friends. And then they invite you on other stuff. And that's how – that's how you start to Build. get into more yep. things. See, that makes it's, plenty of sense. My experience, yeah, my experience has not been, you know, go to auditions and get a role. I have never once got a role from any audition I've ever did. I have never gotten a role from an audition. It's always been from people I knew. Uh, every single time, either somebody I met that started talking to me, and then, hey, we're like, hey, you're cool. And I'm like, hey, you're cool. Hey, we should do something together. A month later, they're like, hey, I got involved with something. They need something. Like, you know, I thought maybe you'd want to be in on it. Okay. That's how it happens, literally. That's cool. Like, and social media has changed it completely because, you know, old school Hollywood, it used to be auditions a lot more or else you were rich or else someone bought, uh, bought your way in or mm -hmm. something like that. But social media has changed the – it's changed the total face of it. I mean, now – you know, casting agencies, they have to, you know, either that they're only working with some high up clients that need representation because they, they're in some big budget stuff. But literally, casting agents, if you, you don't need one, if you know how to work social media, you have no business getting an agent unless you are making enough money to give off 10%. Mm -hmm. But no one's going to work with you if you're doing copy credit work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because. Ten percent of zero is still zero. <laughs> so true. So true. Right. So true. This it's real yeah, cool so, though. Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's yeah. I mean, it's that's that's been my experience in the film. And granted, there's not one way up a mountain. You know, if if the top of the mountain is Hollywood, and you know the big movies and the big stars and the A-listers and the Oscar parties and all that stuff, that's fine. But mm -hmm. there's plenty of actors that you may not know, but are being very successful at it. You know, mm -hmm. they're not names, 
but they have continuous work. They are always in demand and they're always that face that maybe no one knows that they're seeing every single film, but those guys are working actors and they make a great living. Yeah. You know, it's not always about the celebrity them. It's not about Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Leonardo DiCaprio. And, you know, I mean, all these names. Yeah. There's a select few, but like they're the one percenters of Hollywood. If you look at the 1%, that's Hollywood. The ones that you see that make, you know, 2 million just signing a piece of paper saying I'll be in your film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole different story. Most people don't live in that world. You know, even if you're in film and you're a working actor, you don't see that side of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Select few. Because if everybody can do it, we'd all be doing that. Right? No one would be working. We'd all be just sitting around acting. <laughs> 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 I'm waiting for my next role. Okay, I'm gonna go on vacation for two years because I've made twenty million this year. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go start a clothing brand now. Maybe I should do some collagen implants. You wanna <laughs> buy a boat, honey? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Oh man! These people are like they don't—they don't exist on Earth. I swear. It seems like it. It seems like it. I mean, you know, there's a very select few that live that way. But you know, in the film industry, there's people of all types of different sorts, and not everybody's an actor. You don't have to be an actor to be in film. You can, mm-hmm. you can be on the production side. You can be on the creative side. You can be in finance. You can be in construction you know they need people to do set design Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you could be anything but if you just like being in the film environment they have space for you but you just got to connect yourself with people that work in film and say hey i do makeup or i do hair or you know what i'm an accountant but i want to work in film Mm -hmm. you can do it Mm -hmm. that's see that's good people a lot of people don't even know that they feel like it's just either you're in front of the camera or you're behind the camera they really don't know about all the other stuff that's involved in the films. Oh, There's so, I mean, almost every, almost every single job can have a place in film because film is the recreation of life. Okay. Yeah. That it all, it's all it is. It's fiction or it's documentaries of life happening around people. And that includes everything. It includes everything from electricity to lighting, to construction, to makeup, to set design, to decorating, to accounting, to to script supervising, to um, to scheduling, to emailing, to to contacting people, to getting the right people at the right time, to make schedules. To I mean, there's so much involved with getting a film together. It is a hell of a lot of work, and I don't think people realize how long something is in production before they actually see it on screen. Mm-hmm. It's like something's brand new. It's marketed. It's publicized. You're, you see it for a few months before it comes on the theaters, but you don't know that the life of that movie started in someone's head five years ago. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's true. You know? I mean, unless... Unless you're a big, big studio and, you know, you can fund everything immediately with everything that comes your way and you can get it done in a year's time, even for them, a really big Marvel movie or something will still take a couple of years to put together. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, from conception to storyboarding to then we've got to, you know, then we've got to find locations. we got to get permits. we got to talk with these guys. we gotta, we got to get everything situated, get everybody, all the investors, what they want. Someone's always not happy. you got to give, you have to redraw contracts up. You need lawyers up the yin-yang in film. <laughs> <laughs> you need lawyers, everything for every single freaking letter ever written. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. <laughs> It is. It's it's a freaking it's a production and not just a sensitive word of a production, but a production. <laughs> it takes it takes a village. It really does. But you love it. But you love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it because what it asks of you is ridiculous. To do work for no pay in the hopes of maybe be, being successful is some people's definition of insane. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those things, I guess, where you just got to fo- follow your passion, follow your dream, and kind of see what happens with it. Mm-hmm. You got to be smart about it. I mean, you got to follow your dreams, but you can't do it blindly. You've oh, got to yeah. have a strategy. You've, you've got you've to have a game plan. Definitely. Definitely that. Um, <clears throat> okay, I got one. For, like, up-and-coming actors and actresses, or I'll say indie actors and actresses, what advice would you give them? What advice would you give them? If you want to be in film, make contacts in film. Talk to people in film. Um, I mean, headshots and going to a photographer and paying $300 to get headshots done and submitting them to a casting company is not the easiest way to go. It's probably one of the most useless things you can do. <laughs> Take a freaking few pictures uh, or have a friend do it um, on your phone because everything is video now. Everything is a selfie. You mm-hmm. know what? Headshots, you can get them professionally done. If you really want to get professional headshots done, you can go to some photography websites um, or Facebook pages. Go to photographers, and all you do is say, hey, I'm in need of some headshots. Um, I'm looking for some TFP. TFP means time for print which means there are some photographers that are always looking for some sort of subject matter and they're in training themselves or they want to try a new lighting or they want to try a new camera or maybe they're just in vacation on vacation for two weeks and they're looking for models nearby. You know, they can't pay for a model, but you just tell them, Hey, I'm looking for headshots and you're looking for a model. Let's do this together and I'll come meet you. You don't pay me. I don't pay you. And then I get my prints and then off we go. Okay. So that's one way you can do it. And then what I would do is, well, what somebody suggested to me is make a movie. If you don't have footage and you don't know how to get into film and you have no idea who to reach out to or if you'll be laughed at, which most likely you will be if you reach out blindly and you've never done anything. (laughs) They're going to look at you like, what? Yeah, you and like five million other people are standing in line. So go back in line. Yeah. You know, but that's what I was told. I was told, make a movie, make Make it yourself, write a script, get an idea of what you want to do. You want to think about each page equaling about a minute of film time. Mm -hmm. So that's your average. So if something is 10 pages, it's 10 minutes. Okay. Unless you've got crazy descriptions or crazy locations and you've got it like a ton of like following people around or who knows what. But I mean, in general, that's a pretty good staple. Um, and then put yourself in it. 
<laughs> That's what you do. You yes. cast yourself as the lead and you get some friends to do it or you can go on on Facebook to some um, indie websites, um, indie pages and just say, hey, looking for actors. Uh, I'm making my first film. I've never done this before. I need some people who don't mind not being paid and just, you know, helping me along the way. If you have any experience, I would love to hear what you have. I'm welcome to input and I want to learn. So I won't tell you what to do. Just here, I have a script, I have a story, and whatever you can contribute, I'm open to. And you can collab to, you can collaborate together. And collab is a word people use. People don't say collaborate, they say collab. You're right. <laughs> Networking, collab. Yeah, so, you know, that's what... Yeah, just, uh, yeah, we can collab together on something. And um, usually people are pretty open to it. They're like, oh, yeah, where do you live? And what's your idea? Well, I'm not doing anything on Saturday. I'll come by for a few hours and, you know, just take it, order some pizza together, shoot something on your phone if you have if you have no equipment. Um, if you're lucky to find somebody that has a camera and a boom, cool. But, mm -hmm. you know, be expect not to have everything that you want. Like, you have to be really resourceful. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like that. Okay, I don't know how to do this shot. How are we going to do it? Hey, I don't have this prop. Okay, what can we do instead? Um, I need to go and get wardrobe. Go to a dollar store. You know, don't don't go spending money on shit. Don't. <laughs> See, it's funny, it's funny you say film. that. I had a guy on here about maybe three or four months ago. His name's Tyree. Big shout out to him. But he, want, he wanted to do movies and stuff. And he... He did like a maybe a 15 20 minute short on YouTube called Howl, the Howl Werewolf movie. Uh -huh. He was like, Listen, he's like, I already had the camera and I spent 15 bucks on the mask. He just got a, a, a mask and just did his, I think it was just him and his girlfriend in the movie and just shot it, had a good time. Yeah. And he wants to do more, obviously, but he's at least trying with something, you know, something small like that, doing what you can afford and just getting your name out there one way or another. Yeah. One way or another. Yeah. And that's what, um, and get, and get, put a little bit of money into editing. Mm -hmm. That's something important. You want it to be, you want it to be appealing to the eye. You can't you have a bad editing job because no one's going to give you the time of day. Because, and how you make it credible and how you put it on IMDb, um, you have to get it into festivals. It has to be submitted and accepted into festivals for it to be credited as a film and for it to go on IMDb. Okay. You can't just put something on IMDb that no one's ever seen and no one is going to see because that doesn't that doesn't mm -hmm. that doesn't credit itself as a film. So, once you have it made and edited and credited and all that stuff and all that good stuff and you have it in the can ready to go, now you have a pitch package to give to um, to festivals. And if you're nobody and if you have a no-budget film, if it's well edited, it's a good story, you know, just, you know, it, it costs money to submit to films, to film festivals. So you have to see what your budget is. They, you know, good ones, you know, between 50 and 150 bucks for each submission. And you don't even know if you'll get in. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's worth the shot. You know, That's it's luck of the draw. Right, but what you do is, um, I mean, my strategy, um, just for those of I mean, listening and they want to try something, I would go for younger festivals that don't have a huge following yet, or go for some obscure ones. Mm -hmm. All you need is one to say yes to you, and then you're on IMDb and you have a credible film. And then, you, you know, it doesn't even matter if anybody else says yes to you, because now you have something saying, with a laurel, saying, hey, official selection. 
this I don't this this festival this year blah 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 is going to be screening here. Come join the fun blah blah blah. Try to get it local so you can inv invite your friends. Don't get it out in Pennsylvania if you live in <laughs> California. Makes plenty of sense. Because <laughs> you're not going to make your own screening. You're mm -hmm. not going to make your own screening. So it's like okay, try to at least be there to talk about the film when they do a that Q and A. <laughs> That's that's good advice. So I try. I'm trying to start asking people who are involved in movies what other up and coming people can do, just to you know share that advice, help each other out. Yeah, I think I only did this for like yeah, and this so is far. stuff that I've learned. You know, I've learned it the hard way, and I've learned it by my experience. But it's not something that should be held held secret. I think that you know, it's like, hey, you want to make a movie? This is how you do it. It doesn't cost you anything to tell somebody, hey, this is how I did mine. This is what you should do. This mm -hmm. is what venue you should use. You know, it's not like it's not like it's, it's taking a piece out of you to give that kind of advice. Not at all. It, it's it's just helping the community. And hey, they could be creating something that's like really cool. And what if that guy is the next Quentin Tarantino? And twenty years down the line, he's like, hey, I remembered you. You helped me make exactly. my fucking first film. Exactly. I'm gonna shoot you. I'm gonna shoot you an email. Exactly. <laughs> you never know when your PA is your next director. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think people always look at it like yeah, that. Unfortunately, I mean, they look for the the dollar amount they can gain right then and there instead of just like I can get this experience or give this experience to somebody and connect down the road, or never connect at all, but just yeah, still I mean, helping each other out. Yeah, it's definitely the indie route. I mean, this the indie film and and union films are two separate things. Indie films, you know, no budget, is buddying around, is becoming friends with people and that kind of thing. And granted, it's the same exact thing on bigger productions, but then dollar amounts do get into the picture mm -hmm. because now it's like, okay, well, I can't just cast all my friends because they don't have marketability. They're not commodities. Uh, this one, you know, he doesn't get along with this director because of this movie they did five years ago. We can't cast them together. These two production companies don't get along. We can't have their clients work together with these clients. It becomes politics. <laughs> yep, which is never good. But there's happens. a whole there's, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that um, you find out about as you go along the road. You know, it's like people that don't get along, or you know, people that know each other and you don't know that they know each other, and then you get on the same production and you're like, oh, I won't work with them, and I don't want to work with her, and then and then and then it's like, oh, it becomes this freaking drama, you know. Mm -hmm. And you just got to be professional about it. Work is separate than personal. Like everyone's got their shit. Everyone's got their crazy, weird attitudes or whatever drama they have. But when the director calls action, put that shit aside. Yes. Just do your job, promote the film, be happy to be part of it, promote everybody in the film. Don't leave people out because of whatever issue, issue you have. And because this is not about you. It's not about you and your petty little differences. This is about the production being a, a straightforward, good production that's trying to get a really good audience. And if they see bickering on the production level, they don't want anything to do with it on mm -hmm. a big level. That makes that see that makes sense. It's it's all business at the end of the day. You got to just do it right, I guess. Yeah, it's it right, I guess. show business. It's five percent show, ninety-five percent business. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this was a this was a fun episode right here. Very informative. Thank you, thank you. Very informative. Mm -hmm. But I guess we. Can, I try to be. I, I try good. to put it out there. It's good. I guess we can wrap this one up though. Um, stay, 
stay on though awesome. after we wrap it up. But is there anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, no, we'll just go to uh, Caroline DeGrave Actress. That's my um, actress page. So um, Caroline, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, DeGrave, D-E, capital G-R-A-V-E. Um, I don't know if you add text to your videos in, in YouTube or not, but you can always put that in there. Oh. Um, my Instagram is caroline.degrave, everything in lowercase. Um, I don't really bother with Twitter much. Um, LinkedIn, same name. Uh, but I'm most active on Facebook. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Caroline, for coming on here. Yeah. And all my listeners, you should know where to find me by now. YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out the Horror with Surf 30 group and page. Definitely check out Caroline. And what's the movie? What's the Dragons? Oh, Dagon. Dagon's. That Dagon, Dagon Troll World Chronicles. Yes, there's a whole lot of stuff definitely. they share. About every day, there's something new coming out with that. So that. definitely follow that. Definitely. And the Butcher, the Butcher movie. Definitely follow that. Yeah. The trailer for that looks great. Thank you all for listening. And as always, I'll see you in your nightmare.